And then he said, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. Don't wish for less problems, wish for more skills. I can't catch a break, guys. Yeah. Get them the fuck away from me. I can't, I can't be around those guys. People think, oh well, cleaning your room, that's just a cliche. It's like, yeah, really, eh? Just go ahead and try it. If people had any idea how powerful sleep is for healing from anything, and the fact that it's free. My mind is absolutely bulletproof, solid as a rock. Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fighting Fit Show. Last week, me and Chris were talking about binging and restricting and how intuitive eating is a very important tool to be used and the other tools that you can use. So if you missed that podcast, make sure you check it out. Ideally before this one, but it probably won't be necessary because, again, we're going to dive deep into new topics and new aspects of it. But again, that's the theme of this week's podcast and definitely worth checking out the last podcast that we did titled Binging and Restricting. So, Chris, when we left off, you were talking about something. Uh, I was, but first I think we should have we chat about Helen back, what happened at Helen back. Uh, we did that over the weekend, got a good few members in, and uh, Helen back is an 8K course. Uh, there's lots of obstacles. First thing you do is you hop over a bale of hay, you go for a small jog, and then you dunk yourself into some ice water. When you come out, you have a headache, it's painfully cold, but as you start hopping over little, um, what do you call them, drills or like... Um, drills. Little, yeah, little drills. Um, you start heating up, your your adrenaline starts going, and uh, it starts you off with a bang. Then um, it, there, I should we should make we should make it make it known. Very very big drills, very deep grooves, and very large hills. I was like I was like bunny hopping across each one. I told Zeddy um, for a while, for a while. For, yeah, I did it like six times, and I was like, okay, there's like fifteen more. I was like, calm down. That's um, there was a to crawl through muck and tires and all that sort of stuff. What was your favorite obstacle? The lake. The lake, yeah, and that was my favorite too. Yeah, for sure, the lake. Well, that's where it all ended for you, wasn't it? That was, it was. So um, there was loads of hills and all that sort of stuff as well. Um, maybe you should explain uh, to the people, Chris, what happened. What happened to you? Maybe, maybe I should. Okay, so uh, when we do stuff like this here, I usually tend to show off a little bit, and I did a lot of extra running. I ran up to some obstacles way ahead of everyone, and then I ran back to catch to, for everyone to catch up and then i'd run back and do it with them and then you goaded me into giving you piggybacks up hills and all this sort of stuff and um i was very very easily persuaded so i started giving you piggybacks and uh, then just before there was this little like peg um challenge with like hold on to the pegs and just sort of like joe monkey across and just before that two girls ran up and uh, they were like jogging i told them to hurry up and they were like well, at least we're running so i sprinted on past them and then when i got down to the end of the hill my vmo on my right leg started cramping up and uh, i was like oh crap so did the pegboard thing and then uh got through that um ed gave me some uh what do you call it like a gel pack thing with electrolytes and carbohydrates and all that sort of stuff and that gave me like a newly select i was like oh happy days so we started running again and when we jumped into the water i don't know if it was the cold or whatever it was but like both my legs my both my calves started cramping up when we jumped into the water first uh, so i just sort of like floated uh, to the balance what, what would you call that thing the little harbor yoke it was like a, it was like an unstable uh, like a little buoyant boxes it was, it was a wee walkway yeah it was that was very yeah so the walkway anyway so po- po- the walkway i don't know would have been maybe like blocks of maybe a meter squared would you say or a foot squared something like that there um and you had to 
they built like a big platform of it and you'd walk on it but then the platform split into two different sides like it forked and then you had to walk on like one at a time and if someone like wobbled down one side like it vibrated the whole way through and uh, just ahead of us there was two people who were like on their hands and knees crawling terrified and jumping into the water and like someone behind us was i don't know if they were jumping or what they were doing but like my legs were all, like cramping up just even trying to balance and um when we got to the end anyway i jumped um, into the water and everyone started going again then uh, but not to the point where i was like too much i was like all right i can still go still keep going and then we got up there was a slide i ran and dived headfirst into that hit the water face first and then legs started cramping up again in the water and i was like oh crap and we have a life vest as well but then i basically like backstroked over to the thing to get up and as i was getting up on the thing i lifted my leg and knee to about a uh, hip height and uh then my legs just said no we're done that's enough for you guys that'll lay it yeah, so uh, I was actually really annoyed because I was looking forward to there was another one where you jump off into the water from like how high would you say that is? Ten feet. Would you say ten feet? I'd say it was a bit more than that. I'm not very good. Well, anyway, a big jump into the water and uh, I didn't get to do that. I had to call the medics. I had two people bloody underneath rubbing both my legs trying to get them to uh, not lock up and um, ended up having to be stretched out, which was well, uh, fair an experience. Play, yeah. Hell and back. Zip went to hell anyway. Oh, it was it was very painful. Would you recommend it? Yes. Even though that happened, that was still the best hell and back out of all of them. That really How many times we've seen. we've done hell and back like eight times or something like that, and uh, every year that we do it, it just gets better and better. Except for we did it once at night, and uh, I didn't really like that one. I actually really liked the fact that it was at night, but I feel like the course just wasn't great. Yeah, it was only five k, and it was very very uh, very cold. And then the sharks were cold just, as well. Yeah, it was like walking through a wee, like, like a very shallow lake, so you just wet up to your ankles and then, like, just load, like, fences and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was meh. But the last one was class. Yeah, they were, re- they were really in- innovative and uh, loads of different things, like little quality of life improvements, like the tunnels, like, didn't have any gravel in them this, this time, whereas I remember when we were all graveled out before, it was just awful. The snipers seem to have had a change of heart and they were going for arses, so they're just shooting the glutes instead of shooting everybody in the legs and the arms and stuff, which is absolutely brutal. But you they escaped. Had... I escaped on, under the cover of you. <laughs> um, I got shot three times in the arse. It was stung so bad. It stung so bad. It wasn't like you, it felt like they were more powerful than um, than regular units because I've done airsofts a good few times and uh, these ones hurt a little bit more. Could have been the the could have just been the experience, you know. You're wet, you're running, you're tired. They were closer, maybe. Could be, could be. So, uh, what what was the biggest takeaway from it? Teamwork makes the dream work. There really was a great sense of camaraderie on the day. Like we really had a great group. Obviously, we had the two guys, Sonia and Vitas, that ran on ahead. They like absolutely smashed it. They did like an hour forty five or fifty or something like that, and show you and her fellow Dave is it. Uh, Alan, I think. Alan, sorry, um, they they did it really quick as well. I'm not sure what exactly their time, but around the two hour mark, and it took us the big team of about twenty people uh, four hours. Four hours. That's what it took. Jesus. Quarter past yeah, five. Quarter past five. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a big deal. It was a big trek. But having to ha- like help everyone up uh, through all the obstacles and all that sort of stuff and waiting for people is a. Uh, it makes it way better. That's what I think anyway. Like I like going through some of the tunnels or going over some of the obstacles and when you're finished you wait for everyone and you see how they did and how they reacted like it's just uh, it's such a good day 
yeah, that's where the banter is. But also, every year, you do get tempted to just sort of like, all right, let's see how fast I can do it. Yeah, I haven't done that in years. So um, that was Hellenbach. It was great. Uh, we got some cool pictures as well. But let's talk about our um, binge and restrict mentality and uh, how to overcome it. So <clears throat> uh, the first thing here is I have self-reflection, uh, explore body image. How far did we get? I think we only got to intuitive eating, was it? No, I think what you were talking about just when we wrapped up last time, you were asking me what I thought about diet and culture. Yeah, well, so what do you think about diet and culture? And I, like, I was going to say, one of the things here is reject the diet mentality and understand the negative effects of diet maybe and that's diet what culture. Was, yeah, re- rejecting the diet mentality, maybe. That's an answer we left off. Yeah. Now, again, this is not prescriptive advice for anyone, but um, for some people who may be developing orthorexia, it might be a good idea. Or even, even, even just beginners. In general, like, I mean, consistency is, is what should come first, I think, for, for most beginners. Like, the whole thing where there's a right way or a wrong way to do something, it's like, you know, manage your calories and increase the amount of good food you're eating would be, that would be enough for an awful lot of people starting off. And that's both enough good advice and enough of a challenge. It's like, taking on too much too soon is really going to be, you know, the detriment of an awful lot of people, as I said, at the nth degree of that is orthorexia, where you start taking everything too seriously all the time. I would say maybe the, the more common thing is for people to just get overwhelmed and just kind of opt out because they're not enjoying it. Yeah, well, that's that's mainly it. Like you, I think they're the with the precision nutrition course that we did, it breaks everyone do, like down into three different categories. And level one is like your average Joe, someone's just trying to lose weight, get fit, get healthy. Level two is like let's say your amateur competitor, or someone who needs to be a certain weight for a weight class. You know they're motivated, they're disciplined, they they have decent uh, cooking skills and all that sort of stuff. And then level three is like you know, your professional athlete or your model or your bodybuilder or you know, someone who really does have to take it seriously for to to hit like a certain goal or to get a certain criteria. And I think um, it's important to understand that some behaviors are unhealthy, like they're not not good they're not cohesive to sustainability or to um live in a healthy full life like if you're like there's a reason why not everyone looks like arnie you know it's a it takes a lot it takes a lot there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of stuff and a lot of suffering that you have to do to to get there so if you are somebody who thinks that you have to be eating like chicken and broccoli at an exact time and like you're sacrificing social events and you're sacrificing your own mental health for these um dietary decisions and you don't need to like and you, there's no real reason for it it's just because you feel like you need to look a certain way well then i think um, you should really really have a look at it and become aware of the negative aspects of that diet what do you think yeah i mean like there's definitely such a thing as taking on too much and like as i said it's like yeah it's like if your wage packet doesn't depend on it it's like why like why are you going to such an extreme and one of the reasons that people go to such an extreme is because they want the result quickly you know and that's going to be the real detriment here it's like time is is what it's going to take really above everything else it's going to take showing up every single day that's probably going to be longer like i was talking to one of the ladies today and she was talking to me about push-ups she's like oh you know i'm kind of stuck on my plateau of push-ups i was like i'll give it two years she's like fuck you i was like but seriously it's like i remember i remember i remember looking at you and you do push-ups and you can maybe do 40 push-ups and i can maybe only do 15 or 20 and now i can do maybe 40 but it's like that's like eight or nine years later Mm. And it's like, and I'm not saying that that's what it takes all the time, but I'm saying it's like, look, for for your average to go up, it's probably going to take 
a year, you know, like not weeks, not days. It's like you can probably get your average up, you know, small marginal gains, but to show up consistently with, you know, your PB, you know, at one stage PB was 10 push-ups. And now it's like, now you're not happy with 10 push-ups. Like in order for your PB to become something that's easy work, it's like, that's going to take six months at least. Well, like it, it does, it also depends on how much time and energy you put into it as well. But yeah, like the, sure, the thing yeah, you're you're really about is, is, is scale, taking like your perspective to, uh, I don't know, I'm, like to step back and look at it in a longer time frame instead of like a week to week time frame. When you're doing this sort of stuff, it can be helpful to look at it at like, let's say a day-to-day basis, a week-to-week basis, a month-to-month basic basis, and then like, let's say a quarter-to-quarter basis, and then like six months and then a year. Like looking at it from all those different perspectives um, will help inform you uh, in your behaviors and your your goals. And if you look at yourself from where you were, let's say three months ago, John, you've made massive improvements, especially if you're using the level method and you've seen that you've gone up in some levels. Um, I think that will help inform your decisions and help reassure you that like you know, you're on the path, you can see improvement, you're not stuck. It just takes time and effort. And maybe even maybe even like sometimes when it comes to push-ups or pushing through plateaus, like you might have to come in, uh, come into the idea or the reality that you're not pushing hard enough as well. That's one that holds people back a lot. Something that I see is you know, people when they do stagnate. So they sort of got their initial validation from, let's say, their diet or their performance. They they hit their initial goal and like, they're happy with that. And then to push even harder than that, like they have to work harder than they've done before. So uh, I don't know what I was trying to get at, but uh, it was something along the lines of like, if you want to uh, push through a plateau, understanding where you come from, seeing that you can, with effort, improve, uh, that continued effort will help improve further. But I feel like a big part of it as well is like understand sometimes you're going to go backwards and it's going to stay the same for a long time for a long time with some things as well. It's like you're not going to get better every single day. And I remember I seen a, a TikTok with Kevin Hart and he was kind of talking about, you know, it's like the real grind is showing up when you're not getting results. And it's like mm-hmm. it's very easy to show up. Oh, like today I got one, tomorrow it's two, three, four, five. It's like sure that would be easy. It's like the hard part mm-hmm. is like, right, it's 10, 10, 10, 9. All right. Nine, 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 ten, 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 eleven. Oh, it's like that's more or less what it looks like. Like backwards is part of it too. And an awful lot of people like that we work with, it's like you're going to have a busy life as well. You've got other priorities. Like, are you, like it might look a little bit more linear if you were at this and this is all you did and all you focused on. But it's like you're doing other stuff. It's like you've just been on holidays. You know, you're trying to do a run as well. You're trying to do this. You know, you're focusing on your deadlift too. You're doing your mobility. It's like. Obviously, it's all going to kind of feed into itself eventually, but at the same time, it's like you're not only doing this one thing. And so, you know, sometimes you might be more tired and that's why you're pulling back. You know, for ladies, you know, you've got your cycle. What week are your cycle on? It's like, did you gain some weight lately? How's your diet? How's your sleep? You know, what are you doing outside here? It's like, have you been consistent with your habits? And on top of that, it's like, it's a very multi-layered issue. It's like, and in general, it will always improve if you're reasonably and relatively consistent with it, but it won't always improve every single time. And that's tough for people to take sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's definitely frustrating. Frustrating is but, the key key emotion there. But the thing about it is, is like once you learn that, it's like, oh, well, then it's part for the course. Now you understand it is what it is. Yeah, well, understanding that like progress, just like if you actually understand that progress isn't linear, well, then it takes the pressure off. So it's like, oh, even though you, like your reps went down, the next one you might go up. Like, or it might be a sign that you need a little bit of rest as well. Like sometimes I, I noticed when I was training like flat out, there'd be weeks where my progress wasn't linear and I would feel pretty bad about it. 
um, like my bench. One of one of the key markers for for me in terms of my strength would be you know, how many times can I bench hundred kilos? And um, it went back from I got it up to up to about twelve, and then it dropped back down to like eight. And I don't know if it was because you know I didn't sleep or because my nutrition was bad or because I was tired or because or maybe I just my head wasn't in it or whatever it was. But then like the next week, you know, bumped right back up to where it was, and that's the like not every day is the same. Like you're not a robot, Joe. You're someone who has like different levels of motivation on different days, different levels of sleep, different priorities, different levels of nutrition, Joe. And consistency is really important because it lets you build off that. And when you have a consistent plan or a consistent routine, well then, Joe, if something's awry out of that and then you see a different performance, you can like correlate, let's say, Joe, oh, I only slept six hours instead of eight last night. Maybe that's why my bench isn't as strong. Does that make sense? Like that's the. Hundred percent. I think having the routine gives you that uh, structure or that information. Definitely. So, coming back to kind of diet and culture and eating and eating habits and that kind of stuff. You know, one of the issues with with diet culture and you know maybe a little bit kind of what we're ready on is kind of loving where you're at. You know, like if you always look forward and you're always comparing yourself to where you could be or where you should be, it's like I feel like that adds an awful lot of pressure to people. It's like, listen. You're not going to get better every day and where you are is probably you know better than where you were at one stage but and you were wishing to be here at one stage now you're here and you're you're still looking forward it's like where is the appreciation for the work that you've already done and i find like a fine balance between looking forward for motivation and inspiration and looking back and say well look that's how far i've come so it's like you know we want to use them and then also living in the present present and enjoying the now it's like you probably have a fit healthy well-tuned body at least you know at the current level you're at like let's say you're yellow it's like maybe you're white at one stage let's say you're orange now you want to be blue it's like well you're still orange you're still doing the push you're still doing that and so learn to appreciate that and as it relates to the diet culture you know we're constantly comparing ourselves to the models you know that we see and you know not even the models but the models in their best pose at the best angles in the best light photoshop looking looking just that way like never mind even photoshop looking just that way for that one photo flex pumped you know good light and good angles all that kind of stuff is like it's like that's what you're comparing it to and that's realistically not realistic yeah no it's really not it's really sad as well but especially because like sorry it's because everyone's different it's like so you're comparing like if you were even saying it's like oh well i like because i do this all the time it's like i understand for the most part what my genetics are like and what my capacity is and what my ability is and so i'm trying okay well if that's what they look like well i could look something similar and i'm not there yet and i might be there in 10 years it's like but to just go i don't look like that and i've been working it for two months it's like come on that's not like you're, you're not being fair to yourself they're someone completely different with completely different lifestyle completely different genetics completely different training history completely different commitments yeah well look and probably their whole life is built around it as well so and they're probably and making maybe, the unhealthy sacrifices and the unhealthy decisions just to look like to look a certain way which is yeah, that's, fair that's a good point but um i think uh, we should first off like understand the negative effects of diet culture so what are what are the negative effects well i actually have a list promotes unrealistic beauty standards bingo that's just what we talked about it so encourages models in the perfect situ- perfect situation the perfect lighting yeah um encouraging restrictive eating so obviously you want to look a certain way most people are going to opt for get less fat eat less food what do you for what do you, what do you think about uh, restrictive eating like and what would you 
uh, define as restrictive? Like, if you've seen a client and they're starting to talk to you about doing these different things, what would you what would be red flags for you? Well, restrictive eating is a tool. So it's like if somebody was in a glass house and they're going around with a hammer, I'd be nervous. Go on, you know? elaborate. What do you mean? So it's like it's like you've, like I said, you've got no skills, no tools, nothing. But it's like your only thing is restrict. It's your only tool. It's all you've got. Whereas if if I if I have a consultation with somebody, you have a conversation with somebody, and they're after smashing it and they're doing really well, and they're like, oh hey, look, I want to try fat, and I'm like, no problem. Whereas if I see somebody, they're really overweight, they're really unorganized, they're not trying to, or they're not consistent with their sessions. They've never been consistent with their nutrition in terms of just getting the bare minimum protein, you know, calories in a reasonable range, hitting their steps, and they want to try fast, and I'm like, well, you're just doing this as a hail mary. Mm-hmm. Now again, that's not always the, like some people. That's what they need to kickstart them. Fair enough, but it's like, you know, there's. I, f- I found personally that's a red um, flag. I found personally with fasting that the results are, um, really really good in terms of like weight loss. But as soon as I was on the fast, like first thing I would do is like I remember the last time I did it was I did it, last time I did like a five day fast. Um, I think I dropped like seven kilos, something like that. Um, and then the day that I stopped, I would like, first off, I was literally fantasizing about food all the time. I would be on, you know, like the, the like Facebook reels or whatever, little videos. And it'd be like these like videos of basically like food porn where, you know, they're making like all these mad stuff with like ice cream and like cheese. And uh, like, I would, was spending way more time looking at that. When I say way more time, like just scrolling, just being like, that's amazing. That's amazing. And then like same ones being like, I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that. I'm gonna, excuse me. I'm gonna make that, and then when I did it, I ended up having like a big ice cream cake thing that I made in Stevens. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It was a, it was sickening, but really nice at the same time. It was like a, like the outside of it was a, sort of like a ice cream sandwich thing, cut in half and like stacked to the side. It was unbelievable. But I, um, I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember the dates that I fasted. But if I went through my TikTok, my liked videos. I could tell you exactly because it would just be it would, that's where all the steak and burritos and food recipes would just that was all it was like normally it's sprinkled in that's all it was and so again yeah we can start creating this obsessive mindset with food which again you could you could maybe you know say it might not be a bad thing you know because for me for example like i didn't start properly getting into vegetables and liking them until i was generally hungry so it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world to be a little bit more there, there's definitely you know, pros. There's definitely pros to it. Yeah. There's definitely pros to it. There's definitely cons to it. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a, there, there's a nuance so to it. It's a tool, hundred percent. Uh, but like the downsides are, Joe, it gives you this like this yearning for for food. That's like it doesn't feel like it's normal. Um, and then after that as well, after you do it, because you fast for long, like, and you've seen such quick results. Well, then like the slow and steady approach is way way less appealing so much less appealing like if you can lose in like five days you can lose seven kilos or do you want to wait two months uh like what one sounds more more appealing to someone who need is in that get quick or that quick fix mentality um and then the the annoying part about it was that like i gained like most of the way back in i think about a week as well because i was like just i was getting all the getting was good and uh exactly the habit, like, the, habit you can be... the habit wasn't sustainable you didn't do it in a sustainable way you didn't do it with a with a long-term mindset and even if you did like obviously a five-day fast is never but there, even, even i actually at that at the time in my head i was like i'm gonna make sure i get the most out of this and all and it's just like i, I just undid it and i forgot about it so quickly and i think um that would be an experience that most people would have as well unless 
<clears throat> again, I, I don't have the like most solid dual mindset all the time. Uh, but even if someone did, it's very, very hard to overcome your own biology and going doing that dangerous strict thing where you don't have anything and then you can have whatever you want. Like it, it just slingshots you in the wrong direction. That's what I think. Hundred yeah, percent, exactly, it's, and, that, and that's that's the whole thing. It's like rest, uh, restriction and suppression is generally going to lead to some kind of binge or overindulgence. Exactly. So, um, and again, after that, not for, not for everybody. So, uh, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, go for it. Keep going. So, um, shames individuals for food choices, and so again, yeah, this is kind of like where you start like saying, you know, maybe an extreme thing, you know, like oh, all oh, carbs, carbs with that. Yeah, yeah. carbs with that. This is it. Just, oh, you I got mean, ice cream okay. today. But not even other people. Like, Because I never got that. I literally never got it from other people. But it was like self-shame. Yeah. And yeah, 100%. That's, that's one of the worst, worst aspects of it. So again, yeah. It's like, listen, good and bad foods. Generally, the all the courses that we've done said there is no good and bad foods. But you know, it's, sometimes, but, it's a, sometimes it's appropriate, not appropriate. Yeah, some will help you get closer to your goal. And some will keep you further away from your goal. And uh, finding out which ones they are is important. And when you enjoy, when you do partake in, let's say, the, the ones that push you away from your goal, if you do it consciously, you do it mindfully, you do it like you're actually trying to enjoy it, well, then it's worth it. Uh, if you're doing it where you're unconscious, so like you're just grazing in the even out of habit, um, and like you're not really enjoying it, you're just sort of waffling down food, which is an experience I have. Uh, it's an experience I'm sure you had and many, many other people have had, where like it, after you do it you're just looking at all the packets of crisps or whatever you have laying around and you just feel like again shame and guilt and like then what you want to do next is like go to food to soothe that bad feeling again it's like a, a perpetuating cycle it sucks 100 and another one foster a sense of guilt and shame around eating so just yeah kind of a little bit of a, a big continuation on that it's like it's just like you know guilt and shame is never a good thing especially when it's when it's around something that you're gonna have to do all the time and something that is a process it's like you're never really going to be finished with your nutrition it's like there is no end result there and that's kind of the hot and cold mentality or the what do they call it all or nothing all or nothing exactly yeah it's like you know we, we want to kind of get away from that all or nothing mentality where it's like this is good this is bad <clears throat> this is good this is bad i'm i'm right and i'm wrong it's like that's why and what they mean by the a balanced diet it's like yes what is a balanced diet it's like if you were to call some things good the things that we can all kind of categorize as good or healthy and things that we would categorize as bad or unhealthy is like actually too much bad is not healthy and too much healthy is actually unhealthy as well so it's like we really have to try and find that little place in the middle to say that you're never going to have cake again i don't like cake i don't like chocolate i'm never going to eat it that's a very rare person that is going to be able to do that with a with a, a good mindset to the point where it's sustainable, enjoyable, they've got all their ducks in a row, you know, they're not stressing out about it. It's like it's again, for most people it's gonna be some cake, some chocolate, some fruit, some vegetables, some carbs, some fats, some proteins in balance and that should change seasonally and hopefully if you're going well it will line up with your goals and your ability to implement will be good. It's like and if you're struggling to implement you know, it's like that's where we might need to go down the road of like, right, okay, now we've got some deep work to do. You know, it's like, why can't you implement? You know, it's like, what is this cycle that you're in? How do we break it? Maybe a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy, maybe a little bit of counseling, maybe just a little bit of personal development, reading some books, this kind of stuff. 
Well, one of the things that I think helps me um, have a better relationship with my food is instead of having like good and bad, it's like, you know, it's better or worse. And having that scale. So like, let's say like, have like a scale of one to five, one is like the is worse and five is better. So like, if you're deciding for dinner, you know, you want to have uh, pizza, well, then you can ask yourself, like, let's say, you know, you're hungry, middle of the night, uh, you're on your phone, you're looking at Domino's and you're like, all right. I really want Domino's, but what's better or what's worse? So, like, what better decision can you make rather than what's worse? Like, you, when you ask yourself that question first, unless you're being completely self-destructive, um, when you ask yourself what's better or what's worse, you can instantly populate your head with a few ideas. This would be better, this would be worse. All right, well, like, just make the better decision. Or be 100% content and 100% happy with the fact that, no, you actually really want pizza tonight and that that's what you're going for. And then own it and then take it. But then also, like, understand that like that might hold you back from your goals which is fine if you're willing to make that trade but if you're not and you're, it's going to leave you all sad and shameful and guilty well then you'll pick the decision that won't leave you like that so mm-hmm. uh, something i I, I used to always ask people when they blow up for the weekend was oh did you enjoy it no great so what did yeah. we achieve then so no mental no mental reprieve you're not you didn't feel like you got a break from diet and mentality because you are still judging yourself super harshly and you feel like you failed it's like oh sorry like and you feel like and you feel like you you're no closer to your goal which you're not and so it's like right you're no, no probably further away goal. yeah exactly you're no closer to your goal and you didn't enjoy yourself it's like well now that's a mentality issue because if you have at least said right okay you know what it is i've had enough of dieting for this week i need to take this break so that way i can work consistently next week and hopefully all going well next weekend i've cleared my schedule blah, blah, blah. it's like that's what uh step away from diet ideally would be as opposed to oh fuck right i can't control myself i have to have this oh shame 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 or in or it, it, sometimes you know it's like just eat, 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 eat don't think don't think don't think and then or enjoy yourself everyone's great and then after it's just like shame yeah I think I think it's also important since we're talking about the shame thing and the guilt complex around it. Um, like the foods that are designed today are literally designed to be like hyper palatable, like the the products or the food products. Sorry, like you know, a Domino's pizza is designed to be as tasty as possible. It's designed to hijack your biology, and that it's normal to crave it. It's normal to want it, and that like having the feeling of wanting it doesn't make you bad at all. Having the feeling that you that you want a Chinese after a night out, like you and everyone else. Do you get me? It's like you're not alone. You're not on your own with it. Uh, it's very, very normal. But you do need to, let's say, identify with your your better self in those sort of situations um, to sort of make a better decision. Even if it's just for a split second to do it. Make the decision and then just follow through with the decision. Um, I feel and like the vast, that the, the vast majority of people are in the losing battle. Like if you look around at the average, I think the average person is overweight. So it's like, you know... You can you can normalize that and sympathize. It's like there's a lot of people struggling with this. It's very normal. But then I feel like a big part of it is the breakaways, the people who are, you know, hyper successful in the dieting culture. It's like maybe we label them too much as like, oh, they don't do that. They do. We do. It's like again, because I know I've been labeled, you know, oh, you you're perfect. Oh, you your diet, you never cheat. It's like, listen, yeah. that's not what that's not what it is at all. It's like you're completely missing the point. What I do is I have a, a base layer of habits that I do consistently, protein, f- fruit, like, I mean, vegetables, maybe I would eat one or two a day, like peppers, onions, something like that. 
um, uh, you know, as Nothing part of the fancy. big... Yeah, as, You're not as eating as asparagus or avocado or chicken, broccoli and rice. You know, maybe broccoli is part of like a Sunday roast or something like that. But it's like, for the most part, it's like a serving of protein in every meal, moderating my calories depending on my goal, you know, trying to have vegetables in my meal but, uh, or my dinner. But again, mainly packing my lunchbox full of fruit, protein yogurts, Greek yogurt, whole foods, um, whole you know, animal sources of protein for me. I'm not a vegetarian. You know, por- portion of carbs at every meal, portion of fat at every meal, and then working out pretty much 80% of the days in a year. <laughs> it's like that. And again, for 17 years, I have been training. Now, again, the nutrition part, not even, but it's like I've been training from I'm 11 years of age. You know, so it's like if, yeah. you're, if, if you, and again, part of that is for me, my experience is the first 12 years were done very, very badly with lots and lots of mistakes. <laughs> Yeah. No, no so I, it's like I, if if you're in year four or five as an adult, you could probably get away from a lot of those mistakes because I was only a kid. But it's like still it's like, you know, you could at least kid, with your... with like no like with the pressure of trying to make have of weight cuts and all that sort of stuff as well. Like that like I can't stress enough how damaging that is for your relationship with food. And how again it just pushed you into that quick fix mentality because like I don't know about you, but like when it comes to making weight, it was like you know, like all right, sacrifice like if you're not the kind of person who's willing to sacrifice absolutely everything to do that, well then it's like you weren't a good fighter, you weren't a good boxer, you weren't committed and all that sort of stuff as well. The other side as well, like but just even on that, it's like I could have made I could have lost like for me the two kilo that I needed to make. So, like so much easier. Like the, the, the that the, like the, this quick fix mentality, at least how I did it, is like it wasn't even the best strategy, like in terms of getting the results, like, oh, I burned all the boats and got the results like I ate less shitty food. That's what I did. You know, and so I was more fatigued on fight day because I didn't know what I was doing. And so again, like understanding what a useful strategy would look like. It's like, right, how do you cut your weight? It's like, well, actually, it's easier. It's easier. You can can eat loads of these foods, but you just have to eat the right food. It's like my go-to was like soup and a roll for a weight loss. It's like, I'm just eating a big thing full of butter and bread. It's like, gobshite. But uh, that's why we have the job that we have today, because we. But all, all, as you say, all you can do is use the use the tools that you had at the time. That's the tools I had at the time, and again, you learn as you go. And a lot of people I know, and me included, it's like we learn the hard way. It's like so, don't be afraid to learn the hard way. It's like if you need to learn the hard way, it's like again, if you learn from other people's mistakes, if you keep your eyes open and listen to your coach, you can avoid a lot of the trappings. But sometimes I feel like I don't believe it until it happens to me, and it's like okay, I yeah. get it. You can't outwork a bad diet. Watch me. <laughs> wait, 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 let me try. Watch me try. But like even even at that, you can't work a bad diet. Like you act like you can, but then it's not a bad diet. If that makes sense. If it's like if you're still getting toward it. Like here's the definition. I said it a few times before in the podcast. But the definition of a, a good diet, and it's important to understand this. So you have a good diet and a bad diet, or whatever, or like better or worse. Uh, uh, good good nutrition helps you look and feel your best. It helps you perform optimally, and you enjoy it, and it helps get you towards your goals. They're the key, the key factors. And if um if like let's say you can work really really hard, let's say you run marathons, like you're really what is it Cameron Haynes who's running twenty twenty miles before fucking breakfast. So like do you, he can he can afford to have like you know, a load of extra calories because he spent it all like. And you like I worked a bad diet like loads of times as well. Like I was still losing weight, still getting leaner. And I was having chocolate and ice cream and all that jazz. There was one point mm-hmm. last year where I was having ice cream every single day. 
every single day. I'd go to, on my lunch, finish work, or um, come back from lunch, I'd get a, a Cornetto, and uh, I'd have that every single day. And because I was working working out twice a day, I was going for a big walk, it didn't matter. Does that make sense? Like, it didn't... Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's it. And one of the big things, like, I see for, like, let's talk about the person who's eating 1,200 calories consistently. Who is it generally? It's generally office workers with kids because you sit all day for a job, so your 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 steps are pretty terrible, um, considerably low, relatively low, and then when you go home, your time isn't your own. You know, it's like you're you're giving it to the kids. Like, yeah, fair enough. Like maybe you can be more active with the kids. This, that, and the other. It's like, but even if you're super active with the kids, it's like twelve thousand steps. It's like for me, I'm up at fucking five o'clock in the morning. I've got twelve thousand steps by lunchtime. It's like it's not the same. It's like that's the next thing that I have. It's like ignores the individual differences like everybody is on a different race it's like and you might be able to afford ice cream but does that mean that you listen to this can eat ice cream and lose weight it's like maybe not if you step into chris's skin and live his life yes if not no <laughs> you know or maybe there's some small changes either side that if you want to have a couple of beers or a cornetto or some fucking minstrels and popcorn you know on friday night whatever it is it's like you could probably do it but it's going to cost you so the, the question is like can you pay the cost it's like and what will it cost you it'll cost you five walks a week maybe in a, uh, you know maybe if you can't get into walk like maybe it's skipping for 30 minutes every day or something you know mm-hmm. 100 i think uh, ignoring the individual differences is a key factor because people with um, social media the way it is everyone's looking for that like you know the headline the thing that this thing that works for absolutely everyone all the time and never fails is this. This is the thing, the one thing you've been missing. Yeah, yeah, and, like, uh, if, like it's, it's not as popular as much now because people kind of know, but I know like six or seven years ago, social media was always kind of like the miracle fat loss food. Like, yeah. like, am I right? Like this one vegetable, it's like sweet potatoes were in. You know, now it's avocados. Like it's all these, it's like... Blueberries, antioxidants. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think um, everyone's just looking for that solution that will solve their problem, which is kind of sad. But, but I tell you, I, but I tell you what it is. It's like if it was if it was something along the lines of like this one food added in will make a huge big difference. Like that's actually pretty reasonable. It's like yeah, what about blueberries? Like if you added blueberries into your diet and you're not eating them, it probably would give you some benefits. If you added blueberries, avocados, sweet potatoes into your diet, would you notice improvements? Probably. Well, they, what do you think? It depends so, on what you're eating. I also think it's important to recognize that they, there's something that it kind of irks me, and if it irks me, I'm guessing it would like annoy someone else. So you see people post on their social media being like, um, you know, like you don't have to be perfect, you don't have to do that to get like this, and then it's like it's perfect. Do you get me? The the post or the image or whatever is perfect. But look, I'm still having ice cream. Yeah, like. I, when like let's say in the lead up to it you know they didn't have any ice cream or like that the only reason i have ice cream is to celebrate the fact that the photo shoot's done they don't have to do it like they'll try like the balance key is balance when like they might not actually be doing everything in balance and like the to be fit and healthy like doesn't necessarily mean you know ripped six pack and uh although it is really nice to have like to be fit and healthy it's like do you have more energy do you enjoy your food are you not you're not restricting too much and you have a good routine with your food no, we don't have super long, but I feel like we could get in like really deep into this, like that. Like what you just said is perfect. It's like, like what? Are you, like fit for what? <laughs> like what are you fit for? It's like so. It's like the, it's a, it's a very vague statement. It's like healthy in what regards? Like what do you mean by healthy? So it's like those two are very loaded statements. It's like fit. Is 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 Floyd Mayweather fit? Yes. It's like well, in in comparison, all your friends aren't fit at all. All yeah, your fit, exactly. all, all all your fitness friends. It's like they're not fit. They're not they're not fit for anything. 
Put Floyd Mayweather. Put Floyd, in a, I, I bet he can't Floyd. bench 100 kilos. That's I guarantee say, it. Put, put him in a CrossFit class. Like, is he fit? It's like, no. It's like, you know, it's like, fit for what? Fit for darts? It's like, what do you want to be fit for? Fit to play with your grandkids? It's like, what do you want to be fit for? And obviously, there are some objective standards. Like, most people should look to be intermediate. It's like, that's a, mm-hmm. a good place to be. That's kind of what we talked about with the level method. It's like that chart. It's like, you know, orange, blue, early purple. Somewhere in there is unreal. It's like for the, for yeah. the lay person. If, and if you're at that, if you're at that fitness, you can do have a back and your legs won't seize up in you. Who was it? Chris, Chris, Chris Bumstead. Sorry, Chris, I, I missed that. But yeah, good one. <laughs> Sorry, I was already, it was already my next thought. Chris Bumstead. There was pictures of Chris Bumstead um, off season by, and um, like just people in the street, ladies were asked, like, oh, what do you think of this guy's physique? Oh, he's got a dad bod. Dad bod. Sorry? Chris Bumstead, for those you don't know, is like, what, four or five time Mr. Olympia? Yeah, fucking Adonis so, of a man. Literally, like, seen, perfection. If you've seen this man leaned out, like, so ready. Now, obviously, a lot of people are listening to this who go, Ugh, that's disgusting, that's wrong, horrible. It's like, whatever you want to think. He's far from a dad bod. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's like we, we don't understand what fit and healthy is if you think that Chris Bumstead has a dad bod because he carries a little bit of pouch. And oh, also, even, wait there, wait there, I, wait there. He didn't I, even have a pouch. Yeah, no, not he didn't a pouch. Even have Sorry, a pouch. not even a pouch. Chris Bumstead. I know the four year old Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. He was literally, yeah. like, he yeah. literally, right? He was just as jacked. He was just in, in yeah. as good a shape, except he just had, like, I don't know, like four or five percent extra body fat. Like, he was like yeah, yeah. 12%. Maybe his maybe skin was 30. thicker. He had normal person skin. Yeah, and he wasn't shit. He, he usually, for a show, did shave down wherever it was. He had a bit of fucking chest hair and all that sort of stuff. Like, he was. But I'd say it like literally, dad bod. I cannot, I cannot. But that's, like he's, but that's actually just on a separation. Like when, when, when men, if you're listening to this, when ladies talk about the dad bod, that's what they mean. They mean Chris Bumstead with, you know, a little bit of a, a smaller amount of body fat. It's like they still want you packed full of muscles. So it's like, lads, I think get left and look strong, strong. Strong is like, exactly. Is it, yeah. Like, like a dad bod, like your average, like dad, like let's say he's a brickie, you know, or and he, and he, let's say he's not super lean. It's like he's strong. You know, he's like he's strong. That's what ladies want: strong men, and men want like fit women. We used to consider fit skinny until we got a bit of sense and realized, like, oh, okay, muscles actually healthy. And so again, I think like the society perpetuates health as attractive. And back in you know the fourteen hundreds, when you no food was about, they used to think that been overweight, like overweight chicks were attractive. You know, that, you pushed to the extremes. Um, ladies, ladies who were pale were attractive. Because it meant that they didn't have to work out in the fields, you know, they didn't get enough sun, or any sunlight. So it's like they were healthy because they had loads of food and loads of free time. It's like that's a societal thing. It's like now, you know, back in the day, it's like skinny. These coat hanger ladies were absolutely starving themselves because that that's what was attractive. And heroin chic, heroin chic. Um, you know, for, and and for lads, it's like you know, lads constantly get the you know, it's like the unrealistic body sound. It's like he man, like you know, it's like he man or dad bod. It's like you know, a dad bod is Chris Bumstead. It's like a man that's you know training for the last thirty years and taking oh, small amounts of beer. Mouth. Small amounts. I, I like from what I know, like I, I'm pretty sure he doesn't take shitloads. But again, like it's I'm rather- pretty sure he has a doctor who uh, looks after his hormones very, very well. That's oh, 100%. And they're, 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 they're sub, or, or not sub. Super. Super. Superhuman. Like, yeah, they're above, they're well above the average, of course. 
especially when he's yeah. building muscle. But again, I feel like the big thing is like as well, it's like, you know, it's when you want to be a sustainable athlete, you're not going to be on that chronically. It's anyway, we're in, but we're in the he also has an incredible mustache. He does, he does model. Uh, and uh, did he have a model at one stage? Pretty sure he did. He might have. Yeah, guys, I think so, yeah, that's all we got time for this week, to be fair. Um, I, I got to shoot yeah, off. We so. got class <laughs> in, in five, five, ten minutes. We could go part three on this next week, guys, if you're interested. I mean, like this diet culture is an endless topic, and, and I know an awful lot of people struggle with finding the right mindset and creating a healthy mentality and a healthy body. That's really why we got into doing this, trying to help people do that and come away from you know the the bog standard mindset um, which an awful lot of people have and again it's a maturing mindset as a culture i feel like i feel like you know the like the the lay person today knows a lot more about sustainable eating than they did 20 years ago and that's that's progress but again there's still work to be done keep listening keep working keep learning and add chris um maybe just uh we highlight for some of the stuff that we might talk about next week if people do want to listen to it um it's going about honor your hunger and uh, make peace with food um challenge the food police and they uh, discover satisfaction from or discover the satisfaction factor they're the next points that i would like to go into i've got a uh, what do i have here uh promoting weight loss as the ultimate goal you know i was like, just thinking like again i talk to people all the time it's like and the, what's the next thing even though it's like oh i want to lose more weight it's like no, you want to look better again you want to be healthy you just think the solution to that is lose more weight a unhealthy relationship with uh, food and exercise perpetuating fat phobia exploiting vulnerable individuals for profit and leading to long-term health problems so it's all ahead of you guys right, thanks guys. so much for watching really appreciate it see you in the next one peace peace